hey there, it's Lori from Hike. So today I am behind the microphone more than just your host. I had my daughter ask me a few questions. So I thought it would be fun to see what she wanted to ask me about hiking and put it into the podcast. I also got some great suggestions from listeners and followers on my Instagram and I am going to try to work those in as much as possible into this episode. And there will be more of these along the way, just giving you a little bit more of a look behind the scenes and into my own hiking life. How many questions do I need to ask you? I don't know. Give me five. Five? Yeah. What's your favorite lo- hiking location you've ever been to so far? Yeah. So what's my favorite hiking location? I mean, that's like asking me what my favorite kid is. And I guess it depends, you know, on the season of my life, because, you know, five, six years ago, it would have been a given to say, oh, the Smokies, like there's nothing else. And I would still say that the Great Smoky Mountains are kind of in that top three, right? They are the mountains, the place that drew me into hiking, that kind of gave me that window into the world and inspired this entire podcast. So, okay. So, you know, I, I can't count them out at all, you know, as being the, you know, favorite location, but I'm also going to add places like the central cascades. And, um, and that is because of the time spent, uh, when I lived and visited out or, you know, out West, out to Oregon, of just the beauty of being also in, in those mountains, um, you know, those exposed ridges, the, the hikes, the, you know, above tree line. Um, and those are places very, very special to me as well. So I'm going to say great smoky mountains and the central cascades in Oregon. And if you're going to ask me to narrow it down even more within those areas, okay. So in the Great Smoky Mountains, there's a couple places that are very special to me for, you know, different reasons. The first is the um, Klingman Dome uh, Bypass Trail. So that is just this little, uh, it feels like I'm going into a different world when I slip away into that trail because you are coming from this parking lot where there could be hundreds of people and this craziness as they, you know, go up the incline to the Klingman, you know, dome observation area to that tower. But if you go just down into that bypass trail, um, same kind of start of where you would go to, to Andrews Bald but you, you know, take a different turn. If you do that, you're just, you know, you feel like you're in an entirely different world than what is a few hundred feet away. And I would say my favorite moments, you know, pictures from on the trail there are are, are from that specific location. Now, the other one I would say is over off of Newfound Gap. Um, you know, going on the Appalachian Trail there, taking the detour to the jump off. Um, one of the first kind of longer hikes that I did was to um, 
you know, longer day hikes was to uh, Charlie's Bunyan. And that was a, just such an amazing experience. It was also solo hiking. So, you know, I got to, you know, feel good about being able to do that hike on my own. And um, that was a really, really interesting experience as well. So if you had, you know, if I had to narrow it down and, you know, the locations, um, those are some of the, some of the locations within those, within the Smokies that I would uh, love to go back to that would, I would say were my favorite. Um, when you're looking at the central cascades in Oregon, I would say very much, um, in the Detroit Lake area, Detroit area, that is the area that I really did enjoy hiking, um, with my boyfriend. Um, we would go there and yeah, we did some really great trails. I miss those mountains very much. Um, coming here to the East coast. I will put some links, I think, into the show notes of the specific hikes, Bachelor Mountain, Coffin Mountain, Battle Axe. So all great locations and ones I would say, um, a little off, uh, the main path, if you will. Um, not as crowded as some of the other hikes in Oregon. So, um, you might want to hit them up. So, can't give you one favorite. I gave you two favorite areas. And hopefully as I get into this new season of my life here on the East Coast, um, there will be even more favorite hikes and favorite locations. What are the essential, like when you're going on like a day hike, what are the essentials that you need to have in your pack? Okay. This is a really good question. I mean, she, I got to tell you, my daughter has excellent questions. She does. So when you think about bringing the essentials on um, a day hike, you got to think about what would happen if you get stuck there for, you know, an overnight, like, for example, you know, you get hurt, the weather turns, um, something happens. So you have to prepare uh, to be somewhere more than just the, you know, length of what you think the hike will be. So here are what I would say would be my 10 essentials on a hike. And these are in total random order. And I'm going to say as a precursor, you know, check out the American Hiking Society, places like your local trail club. There's a lot of organizations out there who have their list of 10 essentials as well. Here's what's on my list. So first and foremost, um, someone knows my itinerary. I've been guilty of not communicating very well about my hikes. Um, so this is an important one for me that someone knows where I'm hiking, when I'm expected back, uh, what route I'm thinking of taking the trails I'm going to be on so that if anything happens, they, um, they can know that I'm delayed. Uh, that's my number one, two, um, some, extra clothing, depending on, you know, where you'll be. Um, you know, cause really most of the time, like you're going to want clean clothing afterwards. Anyway, like dry socks, you don't know how important it is to have like an extra pair of socks. You might be going through water crossings. Um, you're going to possibly be there at, um, you know, it gets chilled really quickly. 
um, say, you know, up on elevation or after sunset. So make sure you have appropriate um, clothing to bring along. Okay, third, I put in here emergency blanket. I don't know, it just made me think when I talked about clothing, like if you are stuck somewhere overnight, um, you know, emergency blanket will be your lifesaver. Um, things, you know, can go cold real quick. You can suffer from hypothermia. So having a, an emergency blanket is essential and it doesn't take up much room at all. Four, extra food. So kind of extra food slash water. Um, having that extra food, um, most of the time when you're hiking, you don't realize until later, um, you know, this happened to me, um, gosh, was it earlier, even this year, this summer, I don't even know when it was, but I bonked real hard on a trail and it was because I didn't have enough to eat and didn't bring a lot with me. So that's really important to have that extra, extra, um, protein, carbs, um, salt replacement for when you, uh, need it most is, you know, when you're working out and water kind of along with that, a water filter. So, um, yeah, that was going to be my next one is having that water filter. So number five, water filter, um, along with water, because a filter, then you can find a water source and drink it. So, um, much better than your water bottle that will potentially run out on your hike. All right. Number six, first aid, you know, like band-aids, tape, um, things, you know, if you get stung by something, I tend to swell up really quick and really bad. So, um, and if you are truly allergic, then, you know, I would say this is where you would have your EpiPen or uh, something like that in there. Number seven, um, some way to communicate back if uh, there is an issue. Now, in the past, I would have said an in-reach mini or a spot device, something along those lines. But now I know on my iPhone 14, I am able to also use emergency satellite services. So it's up to you of, you know, get a device or use your phone if you're an iPhone user. Um, make sure you know that uh, you can communicate if there is a possibility where you cannot walk out on your own. Or, you know, I've had uh, people tell me, I've had interviews where they said it wasn't me, but it was me helping out another hiker. So even if all is going to be good with you, you never know what might happen to someone else on the trail. Okay, so navigation, um, having a map, having, uh, you know, something to rely on besides uh, your phone, because your phone can uh, actually, it can, you know, your battery can die, especially in extreme weather conditions. Also, you know, you could drop your phone um, on the trail. It can kind of go off on the side. There's, I haven't dropped my phone, but I have lost things on the trail um, easily. And if you're on a ridge, you're not going to go get it. So um, just something to think about. Um, so you know, even if you don't have that uh, phone with you, that you have a printed map and a way to navigate. Um, even better if you know how to use your compass. Number nine, 
matches. Um, you know, being able to start a fire when needed. I know there's some places where you cannot start fires. It's, you know, no burn zone, no fire zone, but you know, if you are stuck and you need warmth, having, um, a fire starter with you of sorts would really be an essential. All right. And then I put for number 10, kind of a mishmash of like making sure you have sunscreen and for me, insect repellent, because I attract all types of bugs and sunscreen, because, you know, especially in hikes where you're above tree line, you, uh, are going to get a little crispy and, you know, having maybe, um, a wide brimmed hat and, uh, or clothing that has, uh, is sun protectant. Those are all ways to keep your skin safe, to keep you cool and, uh, and to make the end of the hike and the next day a lot more enjoyable, even though you might be a little bit sore from the effort. I know I have been on many of my tougher hikes. So that's my idea of what the essentials are. But again, you know, you need to have a list for you of what's important. And I really do recommend you go out to those organizations, the national organizations that you know, are putting the list together and uh, look at that and um, make it work for you is what I would say. What's your favorite snack to bring when hiking? Homemade or bought, store-bought? Okay, so favorite snack for the trail. Oh, I'm going to say I need like the salty and the sweet. Um, it's so funny because if if you listen to last week's episode, with Aaron of Backcountry Foodie. We talked about um, at PCT days that they did the Sour Patch Kids game, or, you know, guess how many Sour Patch Kids are in the bear, bear vault? Well, um, I love, you know, the Sour Patch Kids, but then I'm also, you know, want like some raisins in there. I know, kind of weird, but um, peanuts. Um, yeah, so I'm going to mix something up. I'm going to have my little pouch of my Sour Patch Kids. I'm going to have the raisins. I'm going to have some peanuts in there. Might throw in a few pretzels as well. Kind of my own little version of Chex Mix, I guess. Um, But nothing fancy, just throwing it all together. What I would suggest too is another plug for checking out Backcountry Foodie is She's got so many great recipes of like healthy snacks and things that you can take along as snacks on the trail, things you don't really think about. And yes, they're going to be a little more nutritious than my Sour Patch Kids. And I would say another thing that I really love are like the homemade protein uh, bars and things like that. So I'm going to throw in one of my recipes that I've, you know, of course, taken off the internet um, of of a protein kind of concoction. Um, so check the show notes just for some ideas. And if you guys got some recipes to share, drop them to me because I am always looking for a better snack for hiking. Best hiking water bottle. Gosh, um, this is a tough one because I've used the Nalgene. I've used the Hydro Flask. Um, I've used Yeti, um, Stanley, and 
I want something collapsible. You know, that's really what I want. I mean, besides also having, you know, the water filter. So I'm going to go over to my, uh, my go-to for gear reviews. And that is, um, Treeline Review. So I went over there, did a little investigation. Okay. And I'm going to put the link, uh, in the show notes for this. So what they're saying as the best soft collapsible is the Platy Bottle 70 ounce. And then another one, which is collapsible, which I want to try out, is the Hydropack Katahdin Be Free water bottle one liter. So I've had a few people recommend the Katahdin Be Free. So um, yeah, so that one I want to try. So this was such a good question. I mean, she has really good, great questions. Um, and she's not even a hiker. Best lightweight essentials for winter hiking. Hmm. Like lightweight coats and stuff, but are still warm. I think the questions kept getting tougher. Don't you (laughs) No. Um, so I thought that was really a good question that, um, that she posed to me about, you know, what do you recommend for your, you know, lightweight gear, um, winter specific gear. And again, um, it's something that I think depends on, okay, where are you at geographically? What kind of trail are you doing? And, uh, for me, the most important thing, I guess I'm going to say is layers because, you don't want to, again, you're going to be cold when you first start out, but you get heated up pretty quickly. So I start with a good base layer and I want it to be merino wool. I want it to be moisture wicking. I want to be able to um, be comfortable um, and kept dry because if you're not dry, you um, that's going to make a very miserable winter experience. Secondly, um, I, again, layer. So I may have, um, you know, beyond the base layer, just another, uh, lighter layer, like a medium weight, if that, and I will put on my, um, either a synthetic or a down jacket. And then over top of it, I am putting a shell. So I have put even just like my, um, my rain jacket, like my, Marmot or, you know, whatever brand, Patagonia, whatever you use just to put on top to, again, keep you dry. That seems to work well for me. Gloves, another thing where you want to have a thin pair along with the thicker pair, because normally what I find is I'm taking the thicker pair off and just using the the thin pair underneath. Um, That has really served me well. And then... um, for boots, um, depending on, again, if, are you going to be on an icy terrain? Uh, I have micro spikes that I use. Um, but there's also, you know, a version of that just as, you know, good for maybe slick slush. Um, and those are easy again, to take on and off. They go over your shoes or your boots. Um, and I'll put a couple of links to some of the, the brands I have tried in the show notes. The other thing that I have done is over like, again, the base layer, I've put a, like a rain pant on to keep me dry. Um, sometimes I, depending on the, 
the type of hike I'm doing. I may have the snow pant, but the rain pant's going to be more lightweight and easier to get around in. So that's been my go-to as well, is to have the the rain pant and use that for, for a winter hike. Um, if you're going to be around a lot of snow, you may want some of the, um, the sunglasses to help with the, the snow glare. Um, but usually I'm just worried about keeping my face protected, um, because of the wind and the cold and you can get, uh, a pretty big, you know, wind rash, um, in the winter months. Um, but since I am not a winter hiking expert, again, I took a look at Treeline Review and found a great article from someone who is a long distance hiker and has toughed it out in all kinds of conditions. So I'm going to go ahead and put the link to that. And it's, uh, it's great. It's an article, what to wear winter hiking, how to layer for winter hiking and stay safe. And this was published uh, February 7th, 2023 by Arlette. Um, and she is an amazing long distance hiker. So um, she was the first woman to complete all 11 national scenic trails. So, you know, I think in this case, I defer to the expert, but I wanted to give you an idea of the things I do for winter hikes. Okay. I'm gonna... Okay. I had so much fun answering her questions. And, um, I think she, uh, makes a great podcast host. So maybe someday she'll come back on and, uh, and maybe I'll be having her interview some of my guests who knows. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening. I might have to put the unedited version of all of our laughter and, uh, the hijinks behind the episode on my Patreon page. So Check the show notes for all the recommendations. And, uh, and of course, when I defer to the experts and then also, um, make sure you're following me at the hike podcast. And this was fun. Uh, hopefully next week I'll be back with a guest besides me, but, um, there's more that I would love to cover with all of you. And I appreciate all of you taking the time to give me some ideas, um, there is one in particular of how my guests have changed me, which I want to give the attention it deserves and, uh, and do some research on that because my guests have changed me, um, in many, many ways. And I want to thank Bronwyn, the poetic hiker. I want to thank her for, um, posing that challenge to me to, to share that with all of you. So that will be coming out in a future episode. So until next time, see you on the trail.